Today's episode is going to feature a little bit of a different twist. What you were supposed to hear is me interviewing my guest, Carson Tate, interviewing her on a new book that she wrote. However, what you're going to hear is what ended up turning into a coaching session, having Carson coach me on an assessment that she created called the Productivity Style Assessment, which I took the day before she came on my show. And somehow, we just started off diving right into my results. And so you're going to see a rare moment. Based on my results, I start to become aware on how I can be much more productive. And it's really started turning into more of a coaching session where Carson really started helping me become a lot more aware and see the value in terms of how I can be more productive based on my results. So I guess we're going to have to bring her back for a future episode where we actually talk about her book. However, I think you're going to find this episode very interesting. How are the leaders at all levels of management tackling the toughest challenges each day? That's the question. And this podcast is the answer. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'm bringing on the brightest minds in management to share practical solutions to those challenges you're facing. Let's get ready to jam. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Leadership Jam Session. Today's guest is Carson Tate, who is the founder and managing partner of Working Simply. Carson and her consultant firm works with business leaders and employees to enhance workplace productivity and employee engagement. She's a best-selling author, and her newest book is called Own It, Love It, Make It Work, How to Make Any Job Your Dream Job. Carson, welcome to the Jam Session. Thanks, Rob. I'm glad to be with you today. I think this will be a great discussion. We have some similar backgrounds in terms of sales. Is that right? That is right. So I started my career in human resources and financial services and did that and then left and went to work for Big Pharma as an outside sales rep, which you have done. You've also done a DM and an RM along the way. And that was actually in that role where I realized that I wanted to start my own business. I guess somewhere along there, right? You you made the, the jump and kind of went off on your own. And I, just was curious, what was the inspiration behind that? And how did you arrive at that? Well, you will know this story very well. So the company I worked for was changing our compensation structure. And the last thing you ever want to do with your sales force is change how they're paid. So it went from maintaining market share and growing market share, which is how all of us have been driving business for years to those two. And now we in corporate are going to tell you who you need to call on, how many times you need to see them and what you need to talk about. Mm -hmm. Well, that doesn't go over very well, particularly when you know your market and you're doing really well. And so I figured out a system because we, at this point, were working off not iPads generations before that. And we had to log all this information, of course, in order to get paid. It all had to be logged. And so I figured out a routing system for me that would allow me to check the boxes, but not take too much time away from what my job was, which was to sell Mm -hmm. my products. So I tested it. It worked out. My colleagues started asking questions. I shared it. It went viral, like, okay, I think there's something here. And I've been helping them with productivity and communication tips along the way, but that was the final nail. I was ready to go on my own. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, well, I think um, there were a lot of people out there that took some similar approaches, but it's interesting how I guess you kind of redefined a little bit of the, the process to make yourself more productive. 
And mm -hmm. I guess that kind of ties in a little bit in, into your book as well. Is that right? It is. It ties into the first book, Work Simply, which is all about productivity. And that the focus there was around how do you personalize your productivity? Because none of us think and work the same way. So if you think about a sales team, right. everybody does it differently. As long as they're hitting the results, I'm really agnostic on how you get there. But how do we optimize performance when everybody does work differently? So in grad mm -hmm. school, I did research and developed an assessment, which I think you've taken, so we can talk about it, called the Productivity Style Assessment. So we use it mm -hmm. with our clients to help them figure out what are the best tools, apps, and approaches to make you more effective and impactful in your work. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to uh, talking about the assessment I took. Sure. Uh, and what was, again, maybe you can just share a little bit of, of the goal of this assessment. Productivity so Style of, Assessment is what it's called. Mm -hmm. So the goal of the Productivity Style Assessment is to dial up your awareness around how you actually prefer to execute on projects manage your time, and communicate with others to get work done. So mm -hmm. it's an awareness tool. The results are designed to provide some suggested apps and tools and methodologies to help you improve your productivity and performance. Okay. And it applies to no matter what role you're in. So it applies. Right? It doesn't matter if you're senior level or you're a first-time um, employee right out of undergrad or right out of high school, depending on your role, it applies. Got it. Right. And this came from your previous book. Yeah. Correct? So this is the assessment that's in the first book called Work Simply. Yeah. All right. So I took your assessment. Here's what came out as number one. Arranger came out as my first. And then a planner was number two. Prioritizer, number three. And visualizer was last. So I guess... Does that mean I just lack zero vision? It doesn't mean you lack vision. So the visualizer, their thinking is characterized as very big picture. They tend to be the ideators, innovators. They are going to push against status quo. They don't like details. It's broad conceptual frameworks. It's concepts and ideas that they want to play with. The visualizer works it out in their head. And so the planner has four drafts of the presentation that they work through for the client. The visualizer works it in their head and 30 minutes before it's due, spits out this perfect version that really makes the planner very frustrated and irritated because they've been working on their head, playing the ideas around and out it comes. And then the prioritizer will go in reverse order. It's that analytical, linear data person. So they're very goal-oriented. They are not going to chit-chat with you. Please don't do that with them. Uh, they're great at analysis. Then the planner, these are your process people. This is about, mm -hmm. they're the ones that have checklists. They've never met a list they didn't like. They'll put something on their to-do list they've already done just to cross it off. Strong execution orientation. They're the ones of these four types that are, tend to be what we think of as the organized ones. So they like labels and they're you know, going to the office supply store is a happy thing for them. And then the arrangers are the people people. They do their best work with and through others. They're great at persuasion and sales and communication. Their approach to work tends to be a little bit more intuitive, gut-based. They are visual. They will use color. All of their tools, their productivity tools need to be very customized for them. So they're the ones that figure out the perfect dashboard in the CRM. It just, they have 
really made sure it's visually appealing and very simple for them to use. Oh, that's interesting. All right. So a ranger was number one and, and the scores, does that matter in terms yeah, of, like, for example, scores, were, yeah. So a ranger was 17. Uh, planner was 13. Prioritizer was 12 and visualizer was nine. Yes. So the highest score you can get is 35. So you've got fairly low scores and looking at this distribution, Rob, so let me, because you, the prioritizers who are listening are good thinking this. So what's our sample size? So we've had over two and a half million plus assessments done. So I'm going to pull back. So your numbers are fairly low, which means you don't have a very strong preference. So here's another way to think about it. So right and left-handed. So some folks right with their right hand and maybe they swing a golf club with their left. They're more ambidextrous, flex back and forth. Your low score numbers tells me that you probably tend to flex between a ranger, planner, and prioritizer as needed and do it pretty seamlessly. A person who has a score of 30 on a ranger, if we ask them to flex into doing some deep analysis from data, they can. Of course, we have all four. We can use them. It's just going to be harder going to take more time, more effort, more energy. And so what we're looking for is your preference where it's easy, it's pretty unconscious, it's smooth, and it facilitates efficiency versus slowing you down. I'm curious because my scores are somewhat, you know, kind of close to each other, right? They're they're Mm -hmm. kind of tighter, Mm -hmm. right? Is that how one's wired or could their role or the environment they're in almost dictate that? I get asked that and our trainers do all the time. So this assessment is designed as a cognitive assessment, which is different than a personality assessment. So um, you're certified in DISC. So if we think about a strong D kind of driver personality, so that person can show up as a strong D, but then they can have an adaptive side, right? They could Mm -hmm. be more relational, a little softer. On a cognitive assessment, the thought, the loose theory, is it's a little bit more fixed. Mm-hmm. However, neuroplasticity is real and we can completely rewire our brain. What I've seen in our database is we will see slight fluctuations in the numbers when there is a role change or a really different job. So I worked in finance, now I'm in marketing. That's a pretty big swing, unless they're doing analytics and marketing, which is pretty close to finance. So we might see a number go up on the prioritizer in that change. So it might go up a couple of points, but the fundamental typology or the fundamental scoring doesn't shift radically. It kind of stays within this wheelhouse. So if we Mm -hmm. put you, instead of being a podcaster and a coach, and leading a leadership development training firm, and we put you in a data entry role, your ranger score might go down slightly, or you might want to climb the effing wall. Right. I just want to go bury myself somewhere. Yeah. You bury yourself right? or you're trying to chat up your colleague and they're like, yeah. I'm out. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. Right. <laughs> you're like, but this is Got how it. I'm going to pro- solve this problem. Like, I need to talk it out with mm-hmm. you. And they're like, no, no, that's not how I'm going to work with you. You know, I always talk about like I, I, my, some of my people on my team hear me say this all the time. Like, I don't have a creative bone in my body. I kind of need others to kind of think through and and 
work through the brainstorming uh, process. Is that a lot, this kind of falls in line with that a little bit? hundred percent because your visualizer, that nine is very low. It's a very low score. Yeah. And the visualizer is the one that I would invite in to help us brainstorm. So the other way we think about this from a performance perspective is not only your style, but what's the composition of a team? So the highest performing teams are diverse. There's solid data there. We would add this type of productivity style diversity to your team and say, we want a team that has all four styles so that we are getting whole brain thinking. We have the analytical prioritizer, the organized sequential process planner. We've got the people, relational arranger, thinking about customers and vendors. And then we have the visualizer who's forcing us to stay ahead of market trends. So if you were coaching me, right, and I needed to, you know, and the goal is to increase my level of productivity based on my scores, what would you recommend or what should I do? Where are you experiencing friction in your current system? Time. Time is my biggest enemy in trying to just complete things. But to some extent, you know, even being able to map out some of the details around things as well to enhance them, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So is it that things take longer than anticipated? Or there's more to do? Sometimes. Oh, and there's more to do. Do. Yeah. And when you start on a project, how long are you able to stay focused? (laughs) Well, like kind of started out on, on, we're talking about that. My focus is like somebody sells squirrel. I'm like, what, where, you know? So it's, uh, yeah, (laughs) Mm -hmm. this, uh, what I love about this assessment too, is it only took like, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes. If that, it probably only took me like five minutes to, to do. And, um, I know one of the questions was related to, oh my God, now I, there it goes. Like lost my train of thought. So hold on, I'll remember it. One of the questions was related to, do I work better up against deadlines? And I actually do. It's almost as if, you know, I'll wait until I feel that pressure and then I can get very focused mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and knock it out. So it's a, yeah, Knock it out. I mean, most of us will do well with an external forcing agent, right? An external mm. lever. My, I'd be curious how much of your day is spent, Rob, doing solo work versus having an opportunity to interact, connect with others, say, let's talk about this. Because one of the downfalls for rangers is too much solo heads downtime. Your productivity knows that. You get bored, you want to talk to someone, there's more squirreling. And one way that you really do work through ideas is to be with someone else talking about it. I mean, you could, arrangers could draw things out, um, but with your planner right next to it, that's probably not going to be the best step for you. But too much solo time might get in the way. I totally would agree with that. 100%. As you were just talking about that, I was just thinking through some of the best, you know, I know when I'm most productive is when I am talking to someone, more ideas are coming out and I'm mapping things out much easier and I'm much more focused. So, and I probably should be doing more of that as I'm talking through this. So your productivity strategy is more connection time, more intentional connection time with other folks. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is um, it's a little bit counterintuitive that from a disc perspective, for those that are listening out there, I'm I'm, I'm an 
an S or whether you use mm-hmm. colors, insights, green. So by nature, I'm more, you know, introverted. And yet, so it's counterintuitive, right? Some would think, well, you'd rather work alone. Quite honestly, though, when it comes to brainstorming and mapping things out, I actually need and prefer to talk to more people. I'm really glad you brought this up because that is the beautiful example of the difference between this assessment and DISC and colors. Because if we're thinking about, oh, Rob's introverted, that means you need alone time to recharge, to fill up the battery. Mm. That does not mean that's how you want to work in terms of execution of getting the work done. Now, we can layer this. So you might have do your best work in conversation with others, the ideation, working through it, more efficient, more energizing, you get more done. And we have this introvert piece at the end of your workday, you might prefer a solo walk to decompress, recharge the energy exactly. for engagement. So that, that's the difference. And that's why obviously I'm biased because I've been using this assessment for quite some time. I think it's important to layer it in. And then I'm, yeah. we're really focused on how are we going to help you achieve your goals? It's the execution piece of it. I am uh, bought and sold. Just in this in this short time frame, I now understand and see the difference between some of these other models. And quite honestly, the execution piece for me is a struggle. And I don't think I would have necessarily realized and made the connection that I am executing better when I am talking with people and mapping things out. And it wasn't until we just talked through that 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 actually clicked and brought that to the surface where I'm now much more aware of it. So I can see how this would make me much more productive in my mm-hmm. day-to-day just mm-hmm. by having this discussion and bringing awareness to it. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's pretty interesting. So I will, and and now I understand why, because this was featured in Harvard Business, um, in Harvard Business Review, right? Your assessment? Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, congratulations for that. But now I understand why. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to ask you a coaching question since you're a coach. So now that you've had your insight, what will you do differently? I am, of course, I, you know, figured you would ask me that. And I was prepared as I'm thinking through this, but my mind went that way anyway. As I'm thinking through, I need to actually schedule ongoing schedules, right? Ongoing with some of my people on my team, my facilitators, and have it on my calendar as a standard ongoing meetings, whether I call it a execution session, strategy session, whatever the case may be. If I don't block that out and do that, chances are I probably won't get done. Mm -hmm. But now that I know I need that, that's what I am going to start doing on a weekly basis. Excellent. Well, well done. Well, I want to hear the results. So you you have the before and after. Yeah. Yeah. And what and the impact I would ask the question around, you know, explore the impact, not only in terms of we got more done in less time, but what's mm-hmm. the quality of the work? You know, how does it right. pull more of you and more of your strengths and really your secret sauce out when you use mm. this method? No, I think that's a great point. Well, and you know, what's interesting is now that you talk about that too, is one of my strengths in terms of even when I'm facilitating is I'm able to see the connections in the, in the conversations and pull it all together. So I can yeah. totally see where you're going with this is in these planning or, you know, design sessions, 
that is exactly because uh, I would be missing that if I wasn't having more of these discussions with some of my team members. Absolutely. So, and that's where and I leverage my strength. Yeah. And it's more fun and easier. Oh, totally. Totally. Can I give you one more suggestion? So one Please. thing I would suggest you think about when you're scheduling these with your colleagues is stack them a little bit so you can start to see the through line. So if we're talking about content development or facilitation with your trainers, batch them based on themes. So for an arranger, if we can think thematically, we allow you that mm-hmm. your brain and your strength to pull all these threads through around a theme. That totally makes sense. Yep. All right. Let me ask you this final question as we wrap up. So you obviously work with a lot of organizations. What would you say is the biggest challenge in terms of when you work with business leaders, when you deploy this or have them use this, what would you say is the biggest challenge in getting them to pull this through? So the excitement of I learned something new about myself, I got to try a new tool, and then you go back to your current day and nothing changes. The biggest problem is behavior change and how do you create systems, both physical systems, as well as peers and teams that drive accountability to pull through that behavior change. Mm. Yeah. It's all through the pull through, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you do this, do you do this with individual business leaders or do you do it with the teams? So we do it both. So when our executive coaching engagements, if it is about improving performance and productivity, then we would do the assessment with them and use that as part of our coaching session. We do a lot of work with intact teams on how can Mm -hmm. they work more productively, more effectively. So everyone takes the assessment and then we either work through an existing challenge using this instrument results, or we um, equip them with tools to communicate and work better together and then challenge the leader to make sure they're bringing it up and reinforcing and holding people accountable. Which again, goes back to the key of really making it successful having the pull through and accountability piece. So absolutely. Other and we've gotten to this point, Rob, with our clients now that if there is not scoped into the engagement an agreement around how the concepts will be reminded and reinforced, if there's not a peer coaching component or some kind of pull through, mm-hmm. we are very reticent and very rarely will we engage because ultimately yeah. we're wasting your time and money. I, I, we, you. You've given us you know metrics to achieve so we need to be set up, you and us, for success. 100% agree. Yeah, absolutely. I take the same approach. And if anybody wants to take this, they can individually, they can take the same approach I did, right? They can just go to your website and take this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just go to workingsimply.com and there's a resource button. You click on it and you click on it. It takes 10 minutes. Very easy. The results will be emailed to you. And you have yep. enough I hope. I believe you have enough to get started. And we'll uh, put all of your information and your links uh, within our show notes. And I do want to thank you for coming on. And I mean, this kind of turned into a coaching session for me. So I, I appreciate it. I definitely, uh, definitely am walking away with some very tangible action steps on how to help me become more productive. So I'm glad to hear that. So have like a time, time well used, right? Absolutely. And I'm not easy to impress either. And I am impressed. So, well, thank you. I, um, folks can see I was watching your face. I was like, I'm not sure what he thought about the assessment. I'm like, I'm struggling to read on the Zoom. I was like, this is going to go either really well or 
not so well. So I'm glad that you found value and that you found something you can immediately apply to change. I am bought and sold. Excellent. Well, thanks again for coming on. Appreciate it. Well, Rob, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with a friend or colleague who you think might also get some value from it. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Leadership Jam Session Podcast. Mm -hmm.